Yo, yo. Welcome to a post-game edition of the Forum Club. I'm your host, Jovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. And Anthony Davis is back. Anthony Davis played in his first game since February 14th, over eight and a half weeks ago. He missed 30 consecutive games, the largest stretch of his career. And I think all things considered, uh, a impressive and solid debut slash return. Uh, yeah, debut is probably the wrong word, but it's sort of a debut with Andre Drummond, uh, but, but more so return for AD. Uh, I think, so he, he played 16 minutes and 40 seconds in the Lakers, 115 to 110 loss to Dallas in Dallas. And... Finished with four points, four rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block, a turnover, two attempt shooting. I think settled a bit for jumpers and had a few finish, a few shots around the rim that he normally finishes. But again, all things considered, a solid return from AD. I don't know what else we could have really expected realistically from him. I thought defensively, he made some really good plays. He had the steal where it's a Luka Doncic and Dwight Powell pick and roll. And you have Dennis Schroeder and Andre Drummond involved in the action. And Luka gets the Drummond semi-switch, starts going downhill on him. AD is the help guy in the weak side. And he starts to rotate over towards Luka in case he needs to help Drummond. But he realizes Luka is looking to the corner and is trying to kick the ball to Dorian Finney-Smith, who is AD's man in that left corner. And AD quickly adjusts, you know, shifts his his hips, takes a step back, and kind of launches himself, almost like a wide receiver trying to make a crazy catch in, in the end zone, and just effortlessly lifts his arm up. And you forget how big and his wingspan and standing reach and everything, and just sticks his arm up, intercepts the pass, pushes the ball up ahead to Dennis. Dennis then kicks it to KCP, who's streaking down the left side of the floor and, and gets a layup in transition. And those are the type of defense to offense plays that AD regularly makes that ignites the Lakers fast breaks. That is a fundamental part of Lakers basketball. And it was nice to see that again. It was encouraging to see that. And, you know, he is just such an elite defensive playmaker. And really, you know, I, I went through the film on, on Synergy and, and uh, watched all 17, you know, 16, 40 uh, of his minutes. And it's just, it's clear that a, te- a smart team like Dallas, who has Luka Doncic, an MVP caliber player, uh, Rick Carlisle, you know, for my money, one of the best coaches in NBA history and, and certainly one of the best recent coaches in NBA history. They were running, like they were gearing their actions completely away from AD. Everything was about, you know, we're going to run, like if AD's on the right side, we're running actions on the left side and you can just see the the type of defensive impact he has on on just forcing teams to adjust their offensive scheme and, and really trying to avoid him and you know at at worst or I guess at best for them it's he's a help guy where that's still scary but he's at least not involved in the primary action where once he's involved like he can just wreak havoc with his you know, just the length and athleticism and, and frame and uh, anticipation and, and basketball IQ and just all the things that make him such a special and unique defender. So he has that steal. He has a block on Kristaps Porzingis, which Kristaps Porzingis taking a, a pull-up jumper and getting that blocked. It's like, how many guys in the league can actually do that? It's a very short list. Like off the top of my head, it's AD, it's 
maybe Rudy Gobert. It's maybe Joel Embiid. I, like, I don't know, a, a super engaged Kevin Durant defensively. Like, I, I don't really know who can make that type of play other than like a guy like AD. And, you know, so, so that was impressive. Um, he, he also had, a, I think, on the same play, because he blocked that out of bounds, he, uh, Luca and, and uh, KP run a handoff that draws AD onto Luca. And he funnels Luca right into the corner uh, uh, in front of the Mavericks bench. And Dennis Schroeder comes and they basically double him into an air ball corner three pointer. And again, just another example of it's not just the steals and the blocks that AD does. It, it, it is those smart defensive plays of where do I funnel a guy? Where do I know the help is going to be? And, and then when it's a tight quarter situation like that was, that's where his size and length makes a, a big difference because it's not like, you know, Luca shooting over KCP and Dennis in the corner. It's he's shooting over a seven footer with a, a massive frame and, and wingspan. So um, again, like AD wasn't perfect. He, he had a, a couple closeouts where he either was a little bit late or just a little bit, uh, you know, not 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 as crisp in, in terms of his his footwork and uh, closing out and recovering and stuff like that. Uh, you know, a, a couple plays where he was late on rotations and, and as the help guy, as the weak side guy, um, not necessarily doing his job. But again, he hasn't played basketball in eight and a half weeks. And I think he is a guy who clearly has a past with injuries, it is someone that um, you know, there's been questions about his pain tolerance and, and just sort of his ability to play through stuff. And he's even talked about that and, and said it's something he's trying to work on and, and really just get through and, uh, you, you know, just figure out how to deal with some of that stuff better. So I think just him returning now and, and, and going through this process, I think, is, is a positive in and of itself. And I think all things considered, you know, he he looked fine. Like he, he looked like maybe a, to, to me, like a six out of 10, uh, which I would say a six out of 10 right now after, again, you know, almost nine weeks off is impressive. And and this was something that really, it's it's been eight and a half weeks since he last played, but this is an injury that he's been dealing with for closer to 10 weeks. Cause you remember he missed those couple games uh, before he returned for that Memphis game and then the Denver game. So I think Defensively, I was more impressed with the defensive side, but offensively uh, had a nice kickout pass to Ben McElmore on the weak side, where uh, Dallas doubled over, uh, you know, double teamed him in the, on the on the left block, sent over some help, really shaded over towards him, and he made the correct read. He found the the guy in the right spot. Uh, you know, good good job from uh, Ben McElmore of you know just being ready to shoot and sliding over into 80s you know, vision and um, kind of just, just again, being ready. And, and Ben has probably the quickest trigger on the team, arguably, uh, just in terms of how, how quickly he can get a shot up. It's, it's probably him versus KCP. But um, I, I thought, you know, that that was an, an impressive pass. He had another kick out to Dennis that ended up being a turnover uh, where he just launched it too high. I think if that's a wing-sized player, that player probably catches it. But, you know, Dennis is only six one, so AD has to be smarter about that. But, I mean, the shot, the shot selection was a little bit of some of the stuff that's frustrated us with AD this season, where he's a little too reliant on mid-range jumpers, a little too casual with his post position and, and getting bumped off the block and hanging out more in the mid-post and elbows. And, and again, he can make those shots 
we just saw that in the the 2020 postseason where he was deadly with, with you know that style of play. But I do think ultimately AD is at his best closer to the basket, and when he can um, you know just be an elite finisher as a a roller, as a um, a guy in the dunker spot, as a guy who can get deep post position, and at that point hit his size and, and coordination and um, you know just frame like allows him to finish over basically anybody you know it's, it's really hard to stop ad once he gets that deep post position and can just turn and drop step or spin he had a nice spin move uh, on dorian finney smith and, and a finish over him uh and then had a, a few finishes where i, I thought you know, there was one he drove on, on willie collie stein and it looked like collie stein kind of tipped it uh he, he had another one where he, he drove into like three mavericks defenders and uh, just kind of flung it up i thought it was arguably a foul uh and that was a big thing in this game where uh, I'm looking at it. Dallas took 36 free throws. The Lakers only took 17. I really think that was, you don't want to say it was a difference in the game, even though, you know, five point loss, 19 free throw disparity. It, it, I mean, it, it played a factor. And, w- w- you know, Dallas didn't shoot the ball that well. They actually only made 26 of the, of the 36. So they, they shot 72% at the line. Lakers were 14 to 17, shot 82%. So, it was technically a 12 make difference, but again, five point loss, 12 make difference. Like that was a factor. And the Lakers had several guys. I mean, Dennis fouled out technically. Uh, Kuz had five fouls. Trez had five fouls. Uh, Andre had four fouls. Like the, the foul trouble was an issue for, for the Lakers. Um, AD actually did not have a foul in his 1640. Last thing on, on the AD uh, return, not debut. Um, I thought the the drum in fit was cleaner than I thought. Defensively, you saw it where I think AD is going to make Andre a a better defender just in terms of um, his ability to erase some of his mistakes and limitations and just act as a do-everything defensive destroyer, which AD is. And um, I think with, with Drummond, it almost felt like he had an extra pep in his step tonight. Uh, and he had one of his better games as a Laker, 14 points, uh, 19 rebounds, and three blocks. And I just felt he was energized out there with AD, and it was almost like I, I have another guy that's not only on my level, but you know above my level. And I, I it's almost like you know trying to impress the popular kid or something. Where you know I, I just I just felt there was a little extra oomph from Drummond that we we have seen from him like we, we saw it in the brooklyn game we have we saw it in the beginning of that milwaukee game like we have seen it in stretches from him and i know he's he's been dealing with a toe injury and uh still adjusting to a a new team a new system not having lebron in ad and, and playing with you know frankly a probably a lottery level supporting cast when you don't have lebron in ad there right uh so there are reasons for some of drummond's up and down play but uh, again, I think overall he's been solid, and I, I thought the fit defensively it, it's going to be fine. You know, there are going to be some matchups where I think you you do want to shift to AD at the five, and that's still the Lakers' bread and butter. That's still their best lineups are going to be AD at the five. I still think they should close with AD at the five in most matchups, barring a a team that goes with like two bigs. But off the top of my head, I, I can't really like Utah. Like, like if we just go through quickly, right? Utah, you, you, I think you want to go 80 at the five. Uh, the Clippers, I think you want to go 80 at the five. Phoenix, I think you want to go 80 at the five. Denver, maybe you could talk me into Drummond or Marcus Soule 
plus AD, but still even then, AD at the five. Portland or Dallas, I'm going AD at the five. So I, I, and at least in the West, I don't really know the matchup that you're not going with AD at the five. I think when you look at the East, Brooklyn, Andre Drummond had, I think his best game as a Laker against Brooklyn. So maybe that's a matchup you, you go with Drummond and you just pound them inside. But I'd still probably favor AD at the five, but it's going to just depend on who's available for Brooklyn and, and sort of how they're playing and have they gone to a smaller group? Have, have they stuck with a bigger group? Like, what does that look like? Milwaukee, I think it's 80 at the five. And then Philly, Philly's the one matchup where, okay, Embiid is a beast. He's a monster. It's tough to, to maybe just put AD on him for 40 minutes a night. Um, and not that AD is necessarily going to play 40 minutes at center, but like even the last like eight to 10 minutes of a close game, that's where maybe you want Gasol or, or Drummond out there to match up with Embiid. And, and that's where you go bigger. And you, you put AD on Tobias Harris or Ben Simmons and use him as a bit of a help guy. Like kind of as, as we saw in, in Philly and the way they used him then. But I, I mean, really most matchups, eight out of 10, nine out of 10 matchups, you're going to go with AD at the five. Uh, so I, I don't, I think for the, the stretches, we're going to see Drummond in AD, which is most likely going to be the first halves of the first and third quarters. It worked. Like, it, it looked fine. Um, defensively, I, I thought it was solid. I thought that, uh, again, it, it felt sort of like last season's Lakers where there was that that size and, and that physical presence. And, and just, they, like, they look like a, a big, long team out there, which hasn't always been the case. You know, so, you know, of course, when Trez is out there, but, but even when Mark, like Mark, Mark is a different type of defender. He's more of a position defender and he's really good at that stuff still, but he's not as physically intimidating as Andre Drummond. And I just felt when you had AD and, and Drummond rotating and, and hedging on pick and rolls and, and having that other guy on the weak side and rotating, they're just active and, and big and they took up space and it looked good defensively. Now, offensively, I still have some reservations because uh, again, I think if you look at, even really the, the spacing with Trez was probably better than the spacing with Drummond, in my opinion, um, where if you just look at where AD was getting the ball when Drummond was out there versus when, you know, where Trez was, I mean, where versus where Trez was out there, rather, um, I, I felt AD was just floating more out to the perimeter and it, it just wasn't, you know, as I said, like it, it was just sort of some of the the issues we've had with him earlier in the season where it's like, why is he not posting up more? Why is he not getting the ball in deeper position? Why is he taking so many long twos? Like there was more of that when Drummond was out there than when Trez was out there. Uh, so I think for the Lakers, that that really is the challenge with the AD Drummond pairing is just Andre Drummond likes to operate around the rim. You know, he, he likes to operate on the post. He, he likes to operate around the elbows and, and set screens and stuff. And those are a lot of the same areas that AD likes to operate. And AD is, of course, you know, the better player, the the, the better scorer, the better finisher. Um, but you don't want to just simply relegate AD to being a spot-up shooter or a guy who's playing in the mid-post and around, like just inside the three-point line. Like He can do that stuff. Uh, again, we've seen it at a very high level. He can do that. But I don't think that's the best use of him. And I think you got to mix it up. So I think the Lakers can do a better job. I don't think Dallas necessarily had the defensive personnel to exploit that where, you know, Dallas is not, you know, they're a better defensive team than they were last year, but they're still not a good defensive team. 
and they have certain limitations, especially not having a guy like Maxi Kleba in the lineup. So I think th- this matchup is, is maybe not the best encapsulation of what it will look like, but I think when they face good defensive teams, there are teams that will just ignore Andre Drummond off the ball. Now, as Drummond said post game, one good thing about that is that um, he's going to feast on offensive rebounds. And Andre Drummond had 19 rebounds and six of them were offensive. So, uh, and I think two or three of those came with 80 on the floor. And as Drummond was saying, like, it, you see when we're playing a team, all five defenders are locked in on AD. Like when AD has the ball, it's all about AD. What's he going to do? Who's he going to attack? And that allows me to crash the offensive glass. And as the best rebounder in the world, which is Drummond's words, not mine, um, you know, he he's going to feast. And I think you saw that. So I think that is one of the the benefits. Uh, and and to Drummond's credit, he was a little bit more in the dunker spot. He what he, he didn't. There was a couple post ups, but not the way we've seen him used. So I, I do think he took a step back offensively during the eighty stretches in terms of just you know not being as much of a a fulcrum and, and not being as much of a uh, you know a focal point in, in the offense. And I think that's what has to happen, right? Because when LeBron comes, it's it's going to be even worse in terms of, you know, just having a more limited role. So I think from that perspective, I thought it was a, a probably a net positive offensively overall. I just also felt that um, th- there were times that AD, you know, like the, the one three-pointer he took was with Drummond on the floor uh, and and just him getting kind of pushed out to the three-point line, I think is a, is a bad habit that he just already has and has kind of dealt with this season, but it's made worse by having a guy like Andre Drummond, who is at his best operating closer to the basket versus a guy like Marcus soul, who is fine as a spot up guy. And also a guy who's going to swing the ball and, and set screens and likes to hang out above the arc and has done that, you know, in the later parts of his career in Memphis and in Toronto. So I, I do think that, there's going to be some growing pains in that and just figuring that out. It's going to be an adjustment period, but overall I was really pleased and and impressed with 80s performance. I I thought it again, went as well as could be expected given the circumstances. And now it's just about building on this, you know, possibly playing more minutes on Saturday. Uh, I I think finishing better, um, taking better shots. And, you know, if he plays 20 minutes, I could see a you know a twelve and eight performance or something like that, and and just him starting to look more like himself. But uh, I think from a macro perspective, and I always like to take things to a macro perspective on this podcast. Like eighties back, he looked fine. I, I don't think there was a really a, a help, like the conditioning needs to get better. Is a little rusty, but I I don't think it. He didn't look like dramatically less athletic or explosive. Um, you know, there was a couple shots around the rim where I think the old AD dunks it or, or draws a foul or or just powers through and finishes it. But besides that, like, and again, that's just, that's normal. Like, let's see what he looks like in game five. Let's see what he looks like in game seven. This has only been game one. I touched on the free throw thing. I, I do say, like, I will say uh, Dennis Schroeder, 25 points, 13 assists. Frank Vogel said after the game that he felt it was his best game as a Laker. I, I thought so too. I really didn't have, only took three threes, was nine of 13 from the floor, only took three threes, made two of them, uh, got to the free throw line six times, made five of them, only had four turnovers, so really good assist to turnover ratio. 
um, and, and play, you know, fouled out technically, but I thought was was very aggressive defensively. You know, took the Luca assignment really from the opening jump. Was pressuring Luca full court, got getting into his jersey. You know, did the same thing on Christmas Day. So I think Dennis deserves a, a kudos and a shout out for his performance, which I think I would agree with Frank in terms of you know just Dennis being aggressive, going downhill relentlessly. A couple times he settled for he he loves the mid range shots, which um, I have no issue with mid range shots if if you make them at a, at a solid rate. And Dennis can, but but just some of the ones he takes, I I think sometimes like they're the type of shots where he has a lane to the rim and he just settles for the ten foot shot when he could just get the layup. And there was a couple of those, but for the most part, again, you can't complain uh, with nine of thirteen shooting, thirteen assists to four turnovers. You know, that was a, a good, really, really good performance, if not a great performance from Dennis. He kept them in. You know, he had that 10 uh, 10-0 run in the third quarter and had a couple baskets late. Like Dennis has been playing really, really well, and I think I'm, I've been really impressed with him. And then KCP. I mean, just the last few weeks with KCP, last couple weeks, like he's just been playing at such a high level. Uh, had 29 points, which I'm double checking here. I think that might be. His season high. Um, let's see. Let's try not to get this auto player. Uh, yes, that is KCP's season high. So season high from KCP, which is nice. And yeah, I mean, I, I just thought it, it was KCP basketball. It was taking a lot of threes, getting out transition, uh, his wild finishes at the rim. But j- just an impressive game from the Lakers, you know, they didn't win. And again, you know, they're, they're playing one of the best offenses in the league, a team that has been playing much better as of late, um, you know, with the exception of their last few games. But overall, Dallas is trending in the right direction. They are making up ground on Portland. They have an MVP candidate in, in Luka Doncic, you know, probably a, a back end of the ballot guy, but still a guy that could be in the mix for like that fourth or fifth spot. And, you know, they're solid. They're, they're good. Like, you know, Dallas is, I think they're going to be the sixth seed. I think they're going to pass Portland. And I think they're going to be a tough out for whoever that three seed ends up being. So um, I, I don't view this, at, you know, this this without LeBron and with AD limited, I don't view this as a bad loss. I, I thought the Lakers had a chance to win this game. I thought Andre Drummond played really well. KCP played really well. Dennis played really well. Um, you know, like that. that's all you can really ask for is, is your, your, you know, your main guys continue to play well and form I think some some on-court chemistry and uh, I like that Frank Vogel brought AD in for two stints in the second quarter and tried to play him a lot with the starting group and just to get those guys some reps together because you know aside from Drummond who he was playing with for the first time at least as you know as a Laker uh he hasn't played with Dennis and and uh you know even Kuz and KCP like that much this season you know he's played with them in the past but he just missed so many games. You know, he'd only played in 23 games heading into tonight. So um, it, it's really about, I think at this point, just building for the playoffs. It really looks like the Lakers are going to be locked into that five seed. I think they have an easy enough schedule down the stretch that I'm not really concerned with the seeding, whether it's four or five, even six, I think they're fine. But I think they are probably going to stay in that five spot and, and probably play Denver in, in round one unless Denver collapses. And But that would probably push... The, the Lakers to five, or I mean, to, to four and maybe get Dallas in that uh, five mix. But I think 
most likely the bracket, at least in the top five, is going to stay as is. Maybe there's some jockeying there with with the Phoenix, Utah Clippers uh, in the top three, but most likely Denver, Lakers, and, and some combination at, at four or five. And um, I think that actually bodes pretty well for the Lakers. But uh, you know, final takeaway here is just AD was impressive to me. You know, AD. I, I don't mind. I thought it was 80 shots. You know, I didn't think he he was settling too much. That there was some settling, but that has been kind of an issue for AD all season. So it kind of was in line with what we've seen from him. But uh, I think his shots looked good. They weren't necessarily too flat. It wasn't like his legs were dead. Like he was still making plays defensively. So uh, yeah, that that is where we're gonna end this podcast. Um, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Yovan Buha. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Yovan Buha. That's at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. If you have not subscribed to this podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, The Athletic, wherever you're listening to this podcast currently. And if you have not subscribed to The Athletic, uh, I don't know what you're doing, but I would appreciate if you did. And if you went to uh, theathletic.com or my Twitter and subscribed off of one of my stories, that would help me out, make me look good. Uh, So I will be back. I'm not going to podcast most likely on Saturday, uh, so I will be back early next week for our weekly pod, but also a couple games during the week. Uh, But if you have any questions for me, make sure to hit me up on Twitter and I will do my best to respond. Thank you guys so much.